yo what's going on family it's elijah james mccutcheon i just gave up my whole government do not look me up i <laughs> promise do you please don't do it um but it's been a long time coming but we are back again yeah, yeah. we unfortunately had some broken uh tendencies <laughs> <laughs> i broke my leg people in case you don't know uh but during it's homecoming during homecoming the thing is i won Yes, you didn't even get to have your moment, bro. I did get to have my moment, but next year, you know, um, it's all good. But James, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Coming off the break, refreshed and ready to go. That's good. That's good. Well, um, we're just a couple seconds in, but if you don't know, you're listening to Scales of Justice with Elijah and James. And um, it's so good to be back. And, and this episode is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like a normal, like like we said in the first episode, this, this show is really going to be about us getting more information and learning um, so that we can go out and share it with others. And today I'm going to be the student in the classroom um, <laughs> because this topic, as you could tell by the um, title, so about critical race theory, right. um, we're going to be talking about it and getting some needed um, background information and um, just getting some understanding of it, you know. So I guess we'll go ahead and get started. Um, so James, man, just give us a breakdown. What is critical race race theory, mm-hmm. and is there an easy way to understand it, or have we all just lost our minds and <laughs> refuse to do research or reading on it? Well, yes. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> you know most people that. Uh, speak out against critical race theory or some people may have heard of CRT, you know, don't actually know what it means. And if you've seen a lot of the interviews out there by folks, when they're being asked to describe what it is, they can't put any words together. They seemingly can't put it. They just know they don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's like when we're kids and we look at greens or broccoli and Mm. we're like, yo, I don't like it. And someone says, have you ever eaten it? Have you ever tried it? And you're like, no, I just know. I don't like it. Right. right, it right. That. that type of mindset actually never leaves us. Mm. So many things, and you'll find that as a running theme in this show, that a lot of the things that we do, the habits that we build as children, uh, some of them don't leave us. They actually stay with us. Mm. And, and I think what we're seeing here is that whenever you have something that challenges your uh, belief system or your quality of living, or makes you feel bad about yourself in any you know spe- specific way. Mm-hmm. We're resistant to it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without actually knowing the facts. And so, if you want just like a very quick definition, critical mm-hmm. race theory, it is it's a concept that has actually been around for for a very long time. Uh, academically, is kind of where this this came from as, as far as coining it, critical race theory. Mm-hmm. I say about forty years old. Okay. Uh, so that the core idea is that race is a social construct, mm-hmm. and that racism is not merely the product of like indo- individual bias or prejudice. It's more systemic that has really permeated laws, policies, and procedures okay. of given spaces. And gotcha. so it, it really kind of pops up a lot in education, and that's yeah. where the biggest resistance is coming from is because education is so powerful. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people have said, oh, you're going to indoctrinate our kids to hate each other and, you know, racism isn't a thing anymore or, 
you know, all that kind of stuff. So that's what you're hearing a lot now. Yeah, yeah. And um, one of the ways that I was kind of able to understand it is uh, from the American Bar Association. Mm. They actually gave uh, in-depth analysis of what critical race theory is. And they stated that CRT is not a diversity and inclusion training, but a practice of interrogating uh, the role of race and racism in society that emerged in the legal academy and spread to other fields of scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, the person, uh, Crenshaw, who coined the term CRT, notes that CRT is not a noun. <laughs> hear me clearly. I want you all to hear this. CRT is not a noun, but a verb. It cannot be confined confined to a statistic and narrow definition, but is considered to be an evolving and malleable practice. And I think that is something that we have to kind of give consideration. And I think with your with your explanation of it, it's like it's it's not this hard thing to understand <laughs> if you choose to make the effort to understand it. Right. Um, I think that it challenges in most people their identity mm-hmm. and then it relates back to what we've seen over the years, um, you know, this disassociation with um, heritage or where we come from and this now reassociation with whiteness and the idea of it and not really the heritage where they come from. So, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, immigrants earlier, they they talked about how um, there was this disassociation from their heritage of Italian-Americans mm-hmm. or Irish-Americans, and they kind of morphed into just this whiteness of this non-European yes. country that we came in. And from that became this systemic construct mm-hmm. that, in a way, CRT just analyzes. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, that That could be understood that way? Like, it's just an, an in-depth analysis of what the system is and what we've created as a country. Yes. Essentially, that's what it is, mm-hmm. looking at all different layers and disciplines from uh, the human experience, from politics to education to uh, just sociology in general, yeah. we interact with each other, uh, to housing, to all of those kind of things wrapped up in the one. It's kind of saying this is the foundation of it, and this is how it's playing out today, and here's how you can be uh, to create different spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, because educators in particular are looking to see how can I put this out there that helps people be more uh, inclusive or mm. equitable in their decision making. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if you have people that didn't have that mentality, that's how we got to where we got. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't have that mentality. Uh, there was bias, there was prejudice, there was racism, all, you know, and other isms all embedded into that decision making. So right. we're asking our future leaders to make different decisions. Right. Yeah. But in order to make different decisions and not repeat the same ones, you have to know the foundation of those original decisions so you don't make the same mistake. Right. And, and and that's where education comes into play. That's why it's so important that we begin to educate ourselves on this topic and we begin to open up the floor for discussion. What the discussion has shifted from is not the content of CRT or critical mm-hmm. race theory, but the discussion is now, should it be taught or should it not be taught? And in that discussion of whether or not it should be taught, we're basically, in a way, proving the importance of CRT. 
And we've kind of, you know, made the definition. And so again, like back in the student mode with you as the teacher, um, if it's so kind of simple to explain why in the whole world, <laughs> why is it so controversial? And I know that you talked about earlier about like um, our bias of like greens and vegetables and the way that we look at something before we even get to taste it. Mm-hmm. Is it just because people don't know it or like is there some actual base to like this this reasoning of it being controversial yeah so i think you have a both and in this situation so you have people that are perpetuating it by saying like this doesn't sound like something that i want my kids to learn or that Mm. i want to learn about yeah so i'm not going to eat those greens Mm mm-hmm uh, others are, they know better, they know what it is, and they're like, this is going to jeopardize some of the power and construct I have in society. Mm-hmm. So the more people learn about this, the worse it could be for me. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a self-preservation mm-hmm. of hierarchical whiteness. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. And you have some folks that are looking at it, well, I haven't had it easy in life either, and I don't identify as black or, you know, another race of color or something mm-hmm. like that. So why do I have to learn about this when, you know, I had to go through these things too? Right. Uh, so it becomes this hunger games of oppression, mm. right? So when you yeah. have that type of mentality, you're not giving yourself the ability to learn Uh and act accordingly. You know, just because you've had barriers that deserve to be removed doesn't mean that others don't deserve to have barriers removed. Right. Um, and so if you're not talking about me, I don't want to hear about it. Mm. That's how some people are thinking throughout this time. And that, mm-hmm. that goes to all different types of identity groups, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I, when I look at this, you know, I think of it in terms of one of the things that we have to do is to be able to teach history in its truest form. Yeah. And that's part of critical race theory. Mm-hmm. It's creating that foundation of knowledge and understanding. Uh, so some people are sick of hearing about it and they just want us to move on. It's hard to move on when people are still experiencing things. Mm. So when we're talking about people getting off in trials for, for doing things and causing harm to black people or people that are upholding black causes then we have a problem with that yeah yeah then there's something that needs to be done about it uh if you are still telling the age-old story of you're you're teaching black culture from a model of uh slavery civil rights all right then we're done now (laughs) right (laughs) which is the education that most of us especially in our generation Mm -hmm. have received Mm -hmm. uh so it makes there seem like Kids are growing up with believing that racism has ended because it ended in my textbook. Right. It ended in the explanation of my teacher. Mm-hmm. So I'm not correlating what happened back then to today. So when people are talking about things and they're saying things are unfair, we're like, whoa, well, well, that civil rights movement ended in the 1960s, 70s. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about now? Right. Because no one's connecting the dots for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they don't have... Not everyone has someone at home that can help them do that. Talk about that, James. Yeah. And someone sometimes people have folks at home that don't want to talk about that, which is why you're seeing a pushback from a lot of parents and families for this education. I mean, Olin Tangy is, is, is getting that right now. 
Wow. Yeah. When there's petitions created to not have CRT taught in schools because they don't want it, their kids to be quote-unquote indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very careful of the language we use, too, mm-hmm. because all right, I'm going to just read the the definition of indoctrination. It's mm-hmm. the process of teaching a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. Mm-hmm. Uncritically. Right. For critical race theory, <laughs> right? <laughs> so right. Yeah. you're talking about teaching things uncritically. Mm-hmm. Indoctrination, people usually use that term because they don't believe or want to believe in what is being taught. They don't agree with it. Right. So technically, anything that you teach someone is indoctrinating them with something. So whether you're doing CRT or business as usual, it's still indoctrination. Mm, yeah. Because I'm teaching you something. Yeah. And so what we're saying is that the, the sphere of education has not taught history and race critically. Mm-hmm. So that isn't that an indoctrination? Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. So that that's kind of where, uh, you know, politicizing things. It's like, well, everything kind of is connected to politics because you're talking about people's livelihood, yeah, people's way of life, people's experiences, personal, political, are intertwined in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So if we're talking about housing, if we're talking about jobs, if we're talking about education, if we're talking about the criminal justice system, race has always been a foundation. Race has always been something that people have been very resistant in hearing about mm-hmm. and, and changing the dynamics of that. Yeah. And and in a way, I think it kind of challenges this point of the possibility, because as you know, history is usually always told from the winner's perspective mm-hmm. and the people who, act, I guess, won the war or whatever. What this will do is change that narrative. Um, a few years ago, there was this big breaking story um, of textbooks that were still taught from in Texas, mm-hmm. in which students were were being taught that slavery was a good thing and that the people enjoyed it and the Civil War was about the economy and not slavery, as if slavery for some reason did not <laughs> have anything to do with the economy. And so it's... That entire conversation and what CRT is basically doing is challenging that. Mm -hmm. And it's saying, well, let's look at it in its entire sense. And I think for all the history lovers, that's a main thing you have to do. Mm -hmm. When you're studying history, for example, um, looking at um, someone, uh, let me pick one uh, political figure that's controversial. Ah. Oh my gosh! Um, for existence, for example, um, looking at the um, life of you know both of the Bush presidencies mm-hmm. and looking at the full perspective. While there are those who may agree with what he did for the presidency, there are those who don't. And in order to really understand that time and that history, you have to see both sides. Mm-hmm. But what unfortunately happens is the only people who learn about those are the people who specialize in those fields. Mm -hmm. What I'm seeing and what I'm understanding from today is that CRT is trying to dismantle where there's a privilege when it comes to understanding history. Mm -hmm. We, um, I have a privilege in the fact that 
I have decided to take a step in understanding history further. Mm -hmm. There's a privilege that comes with understanding various perspectives of it. And there's a kind of elitism in that way, too. Mm -hmm. And so what CRT, in, from what I'm understanding, is trying to do is dismantle that to where everyone, the same way you know 1776 or 1492, you begin to have an understanding of what exactly the history of people of color, the history of individuals who were... Um, impacted by the social constructs that we've been okay with for centuries, mm -hmm. what their side of the story is. And I think it's important because we have too often accused and made individuals guilty before we've understood the true story. We're really good at that. We are. I mean, if we've there was a that. grade, you know, America has their report card. Mm -hmm. It's always F's in a lot of categories. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to assigning guilt or assigning blame, we are number one. Yeah, we got the gold medal in that. That is something you can say America's number one at. Mm -hmm. But what we are beginning to do, and I'm so proud of the people who are pushing this and the people who are championing champion championing for this <laughs> is the fact that they're they're working to deconstruct that um one of my favorite books is between the world and me mm -hmm. um i recently reread it again this time for a class and i was being more observant when i first read it it was just because it was an amazing book mm -hmm. i heard about it but this time the the um the way he talks about dreamers mm -hmm. in his book mm -hmm. stuck out to me. Yes. Um, if you don't know, Tanahasi Coates writes this book, Between the Road and Me. And in this book, he writes a letter basically to his son. And basically where he explains the world and offers perspectives. And it's truly, in my opinion, a black man's everyday battle with this country. Mm -hmm. You know, with trying to figure out, okay, I love it, but do I hate it? What do I love about it? What do I want to change? Do I feel like I have the power to change? But in this book, the main piece I want to bring up is this fact about the dreamers. And they are individuals who live in this dream world where none of this racism exists, where it doesn't impact them. And the dream is of this idea of whiteness. And what he basically kind of argues with himself is whether or not it's his responsibility to awake them from this dream and have them understand the world in a different way. I think critical race theory is a way to wake them up from the dream mm -hmm. and to allow them or kind of force them to see the world is not just one way. You know, bootstrapping is a myth. All of these different things mm -hmm. that I think we've created and these constructs we've made are kind of slowly but surely being torn down. And I think CRT is one of the ways in which people are trying to protect their image. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, for instance, we all know the story of the Wizard of Oz. And there's this big, great, powerful whiz. He's scary. But when they finally pull behind the curtain and you see what's really going on, it shifts your whole mind and how you feel about the situation. Mm -hmm. And I think when we finally go back to the curtain and pull back what's, what racism is guarding, it's, it, it changes the whole thing. It changes the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why we have to continue in championing. How do I say this doggone word? That was close. Did I? I got it. That's Thank fine. you, James. Okay. But anywho, um, and so... 
the next question I kind of want to ask um, is um, with schools, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about Owen Tangi. Um, uh, should schools be requiring this teaching? Um, and if so, how does that impact the educational process? Does it do it in a positive or a negative way? I, mean, I, I think it should be required. I mean, really, it's, it's not like CRT is, needs to be like a class by itself. Mm-hmm. Right? So really, the changes that need to be made is just doing justice to the the disciplines that you're already teaching. Yeah. Essentially, if you if you're teaching history, uh if you're teaching you know the evolution of science, mm-hmm. um all those kind of things, and if you're, you know, literature, if you're teaching those things from a uh critical race theory mindset, then you're just telling them as they actually happened. Yeah. Um and then tying them into what we're experiencing today. Right. And just to give you like a, a short kind of timeline of, of things that have transpired. And so you think about it like this. You, so you're absolutely right when you're talking about the economy mm-hmm. um, from those that were enslaved, built the economy. So mm-hmm. we're talking about hard work. Yeah, it was their hard work. Right. That made United States so profitable. And that and it's trade where they're talking about cotton, where you're talking about rice, any of those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, that evidence is already out there. So you, you're doing work for things that you could not have ownership of. Mm. You are constructing schools that you couldn't attend. Right. Right? All the, the black labor that went into building universities that they were not allowed to attend and receive an education from. The amount of of, of cotton and rice. Uh, production and went into the trade that they never saw a red cent mm-hmm. for. And then we give credit to Abraham Lincoln for Lincoln for you know freeing the slaves, right? Mm-hmm. I think about that a little bit differently. You know, if that's what you really wanted to do, you could have done that at any point in time. Yeah. But you needed bodies mm-hmm. to be represented in a war. Yeah. And you needed them to be motivated and inspired to do so. Mm-hmm. What's more inspiring than fighting for your freedom? Exactly. To be able to win, you know they're going to fight. What's more fight. American? What's more American than doing that? So that's what we're going to do. And, you know, but if you really cared about people, not only would you have them free, but you would teach them to do things mm-hmm. so they can actually experience freedom in its fullest capacity. Yeah. You would set up infrastructures where people could get jobs. And so what, what happened was you got a bunch of people were like, oh, we're free, so what do we do now? Uh, well, I guess we do what we've always been doing. Mm-hmm. So you go into the domestics role and those kind of things and the and sharecroppers mm-hmm. role, all those. Kind of, so that put a development ceiling. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but for people that wanted to do more, they didn't have the skills to be able to do right. And some, you have some that were able to get through, but you think about the vast majority of those that hey, this is all I know how to do, so this is what I'm going to do to try to help provide, and still being disrespected within the process because right. your physical freedom doesn't equate to your social freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. So you're talking about starting from a deficit and always starting from a deficit. So it's like, okay, well, y'all could be free now, but we're going to come up with redlining, and so you're not going to be able to live in certain neighborhoods, and the neighborhoods that you're not going to be able to live in are going to have more value. Those houses and stuff are going to have more value than the ones that you do live in. 
So you're talking about building equity and, and all those kind of things and financial security. That's affected by that. Mm -hmm. uh, the schools that you go to, you're going to go to different schools, you know, or and all those kind of things. Uh, the places you're able to work. So now you're impacting their education, their employment, mm -hmm. and their living space. Right. So that is as close to slavery as you can get with slavery, quote unquote, being over. Right. So if you really cared about people, why would you? Why wouldn't you just set them up mm -hmm. to be able to integrate into society in a in a, in a, a, a effective and influential way? Right. And so the fact that our people have made it this far, I think, is absolutely tremendous. Mm -hmm. The you know the self-taught skills and the perseverance is is admirable, right? Yeah. To get to that point. Then you fast forward, you go to the war on drugs. Mm. What was that about? That was about black spaces. Mm -hmm. To call it a war on drugs also meant to a war on black people. Yeah. Because you notice the, the language that's being used for the opioid epidemic. It's an epidemic. Mm -hmm. All right. And people need help. The war on drugs was not about helping people. That language was never toted at all. It's like, oh, we need to help these people who somehow have gotten these expensive to make drugs in their communities right. that they can't even afford to produce. Mm -hmm. Where did it come from? So those things to uh, Clinton's three strikes rule. Yeah. Right. So this, this is why it doesn't, it doesn't matter like party wise. It's just about what you do mm -hmm. that matters. Yeah. So that three strikes rule hurt a lot of the black community. It did. Cause it really people did. were getting locked up over stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that continued that. So we have a lot of black people behind bars that don't deserve to be there. Um, so that th those kind of things have happened. And then you fast forward into today, some of the things that are going on today as well. So that's just kind of getting you a timeline. It's like, how were we taught that in school? Mm -hmm. We weren't taught it like that. Right. Yeah. Man. And so I guess the, 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 the final question I'll, I'll ask today is um, we currently we work um, well, I go here. <laughs> I kind of work here, but um, with Otterbein being our tru a true truth and racial healing transformation center. Did I get it right? Yes, you did. Um, and they offer um, TRHT um, circles. Um, do they help evolve the conversation of what critical race theory is trying to do, or does it have a different goal? Yes, it, it, it does uh, approach some of that. And some of it, it depends on who all is in the circle, mm -hmm. too. Uh, because you get those identi different identities in there. You're going to get different narratives being shared uh, and slightly different outcomes. Okay. Uh, but all in all, what you're getting is, is an understanding of the experiences of others. So mm -hmm. things that may have happened negatively to me or things that have been very inspiring to me. I get to share those things mm -hmm. in a space where I'm not going to be judged. Right. You get to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. We get to ask some of those tough questions without fear of being judged. So we can actually learn and not just yell at one another. Right. That's very important too. Um, because we can't be asking people to learn then when they ask questions we get upset. That's that, true. That's not helpful at all right. either. So with that it gives us space for that to happen with two trained facilitators that are helping that move along. Uh, so, but, you know, some of the, 
the feedback that we've gotten from these circles is that people that I've worked together, you know, mm-hmm. there's people here that I've worked together for years. And I heard someone say, you know, I worked with you for over 10 years and I never knew this about you. Wow. Like this forever changes our relationship. It brings depth instead of just the hi and bye, how are you? How was your weekend? Yeah. You get some depth into that. And once you get that depth, you have a, a deep, deeper level understanding of, of the human behind it and the experiences. And then you say, I wonder how else this plays out in the world. Right. It gets you to think about things critically. Mm. Wow. Wow. And, and that's the, that, is, that is what this is going to do. And I think this show also plays a role in it. We, wanna, we want you to think critically. We want you to think deeply regarding these subjects. Um, and I think that today's conversation is a step forward in the direction that we want to see. Um, and so we hope that you know you were able to gain some needed information, um, whether you're in conversations with coworkers, employees, or maybe you're an educator impacting the next generation. Um, well, on behalf of, wait a minute, hmm. James. What? I love this. I'm enjoying this. Me too. You know, I don't know what that alert just was. it was right on time it was but listen we hope that you all are enjoying so far Mm -hmm. um stay tuned for the next episode it's going to be amazing and we're going to be talking about environmental justice listen like we said in the beginning scales of justice is more than just what meets the eye Mm -hmm. so my name's elijah i'm james and we'll see you next time on scales of justice Peace. peace peace